course was at the junior college and it it kind of wound its way through a, a parking lot, a junior college parking lot. So a lot of orange cones. Would it be uh, different if it wasn't a junior college parking lot? If it was just a well, like with a the state high school college? campus, you're not allowed. <laughs> so, <laughs> Me, so yeah, I guess you nah. were eligible to race this. That's, <laughs> That's okay. Um, good, good point. Yeah. So in any event, just it, it was real technical, um, and it was it was uh, pretty like sandy. You know, it's a junior college parking lot. I got that was the reason I was I was bringing <laughs> Once again, that up. They don't <laughs> street sweep. A lot of stuff to slip on out there. Episode 35 of Between Two Wheels podcast, cycling news, commentary, analysis, and interviews from Northern California. This episode is brought to you by Health IQ, an insurance company that helps health-conscious people get special life insurance rates. Go to healthiq.com slash BTW to support the show and learn more. As always, subscribe and share this show uh, via iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam, or whatever podcast service you use. And for this week, the show is also going to be on our Between Two Wheels YouTube channel as well. Interact with us on our Facebook page by searching between the number two wheels and the links will be in the show notes found in the description of this feed. Hi, this is Nate Dunn from Data Driven Athlete with a quick coaching tip. So many of us have heard that beats can help to improve cycling performance, but it's important to follow two rules. And the first one is to make sure that your beat product contains at least 400 milligrams or six millimoles of nitrate per serving. So the second rule to follow is one of timing, and you want to make sure to consume that beat product about 90 minutes before the start of your race. If you want to double down on the effectiveness of beet juice, then you can also stretch out that dosage to about six days before. So take that same amount of nitrate, 400 milligrams, six millimoles in your beet product for six days leading up to your event, and then in the uh, 90 minutes before your event. If you want to read a little bit more about beet juice and how to utilize it to improve your cycling performance, you can head over to the website at datadrivenathlete.com and click on the search box and just type in beets. Thanks. How you doing, everybody? This is Tyler Yonke, one of your hosts for the Between Two Wheels podcast. Kurt's already jumping on the bit. Uh, how you doing, Kurt? I'm doing good, Tyler. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good. I uh, like the weather today. Uh, even though it's rainy, it seems to be a little bit warmer. And you went out for a ride, I hear. I did, yeah. I beat the rain. I uh, went out before lunch. And uh, yeah, so I'm pretty happy about it. I don't I don't like the weather today. but When I say I like the weather, it's sun, sunshiny in my office. And I've been out inside all day. Okay, so that's gotcha. Just, and it looked, now it looks nicer. Chris Flower, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing fabulous. That's what my script said I'm supposed to say, so covered. <laughs> well, but the reality is, and we'll get to it a little bit later, but you had a wreck this week. And I how, did. how are you actually doing? Uh, I think I'm doing okay. A little bit of road rash is, is lingering, but otherwise not bad. All right. Well, let's give a little breakdown of kind of where we're going to go with this podcast, and then we'll actually jump into it. You know, we got a bunch of new listeners and viewers, so maybe we're not going to... Next time, Kurt, we didn't want to do this, so I was going to give a little <laughs> talk about each one of us and kind of give a little introduction. We'll wait on that. We'll just let you guess. I actually didn't want to do this part either. <laughs> you didn't want to do this part either, uh, but I'll just give a little theme of the podcast. We are focusing on Northern California racing, all things bike racing. We're trying to give you, the listener, a voice out there to some extent uh, by talking to your teams, seeing how some of the races are, giving you props for when you do well. And then um, just us being complete morons and idiots on the microphone. So, And we'll let you know when you don't do well as well. And we'll let you, that's the losers and the winners part, right? Right. Okay. So here's some of the, the deals we're going to uh, talk about this week. Uh, we're going to recap some of the world tour races that have been, some winners and the losers. Um, do a little classics 
classic season begins. We've got Omloop and uh, Kern's Brussels, or is it KBK, we'll call it. Kern Brussels, uh, Kern. Yeah, there we go. Uh, the weekend that was in NorCal, Contua Creek, Pine Flat, Cherry Pie, which you guys are going to have intimate details on. Uh, upcoming NorCal racing calendar, which we went over last time. We'll just recap some of those. We have Snelling and the Madeira Road Race. Who's mad at what? Kurt's favorite topic of the week. <laughs> no Phil Guyman in this one episode. Uh, lots of winners at the pie at the at the at the cherry pie thing. We're gonna go over. There's no guarantees on the Phil Guyman. No. <laughs> some news and noteworthy. Some topics that we just wanted to get into. And like I said, we'll pick some winners and losers of the week. So let's uh, let's begin this thing. Uh, the week that was, we'll start with the world tour. So big big topic first is gonna be sna- um, the cherry pie because that's where you guys went. So we're teasing that. So stay tuned till the very end of this uh, podcast for that. All right. So Ruta del Sol, uh, the Algarve in Portugal, and the Tour of Oman out in the desert. Those are the three basic big races that we just had uh, finished. Uh, start with the Ruta del Sol, which is Andalusia. You know, I heard a, a really interesting, it was the uh, the cycling the cycling podcast, and they had a, um, a, a Spanish guy in there, and he gave a breakdown of the Ruta and the Andalusia. Now, it's Andalusia is a Ruta, and it's been the Ruta del Sol, and then it was the Andalusia, and I guess there's some conflict between the organizers and the region, which is the Andalusia region, so the, the organizers keep wanting to call it Ruta because Andalusia is not giving it enough money. They're kind of trying to piss them off, so the name goes by both, so when you see one, just you can pick either one, kind of however you want to do it. That's, that's, that's good info. Yeah, that helps me fine-tune my YouTube search at the end of each day so I can find the stage yeah, yeah if, if you could even get the spelling right in, in the first place. The Ruta del Sol is pretty easy. Th- that one's a little easier. <laughs> yeah, I, I would grant you that. So we saw Tim Wellens, uh, Lotto Sudal, he won. Walt Poles was second. And Mark Soler of the movie star in third. And then we had Chris Froome coming in 10th. Did you, either one of you, I, and I watched some of that, and it was pretty cool to see Wellens um, do his typical attack. And then I thought he was going to fade like on one of the first mountain climbs. But he ended up holding on and doing well. But Froome, any any takes on on the Froome debacle showing up? Uh, I don't know if I've got any good takes. It was interesting that you know when the race kicked off, Froome had indicated that he was getting such great support from from all the other riders, and I think it was stage two or three. Wellens came out and said, eh, "I don't really think that's the case," and you know he he kind of backed up that statement with the win, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, know, sticking it to Team Sky there. And and Kurt had kind of mentioned that last week, and then we went off in a rabbit hole. Did you would you want to make more comments? And I wouldn't. I won't jump in this time, on um, on Wellens and his comments towards Froome. Uh, Chris, Kurt? no, I don't have anything more to add than what I said last week. Um, I, I've read more of the same stuff that that guys weren't incredibly happy with uh, with him showing up there, especially after you had mentioned that folks had self suspended with similar. Uh, uh, charges kind of looming over their their riding so um no i don't have anything else to add uh, you know it's good to see uh i guess wellens do well and, and walt poles but um otherwise yeah that's it and I, I didn't like, i didn't catch much of this race and i'm not sure if it was this race or another one we'll talk about later on weren't there some kind of dirt or gravel components to the stages on this race there were some dirt uh components to either this one or the algarve and i'm trying to remember i think it was this this stage that's what i recall i don't remember if it was on the actual stage or one of the time trial legs i, I forget but it, it seemed like it had an interesting element i'd have to go back and yeah look and at the, it. the road was pretty clean i think it was a time trial okay yeah um but it was pretty clean and yeah wellens uh 
took that not i don't think he took the time trial you know i should probably look up the exact results for what we're speculating on here but back to what you were just saying um one of the guys i do like in the peloton and i think it's because he is so unguarded as as opposed to Froome, is dumoulin he came out as well and was making comments about Froome, and then he kind of backtracks himself as he's saying it saying you know it kind of depends on what the he goes i just want justice and i want it you know now he goes whatever that justice is either you know he's guilty or he's not but i i like how he he doesn't seem afraid to just come out and say his piece and use the f word too i don't know if you've noticed that in some some interviews <laughs> i hadn't heard yeah uh anyway that was that was pretty cool also at the ruta it was um edu- ef education first draypack Gar- cannondale whatever they're called now uh mot uh Modulo, Sacha Modulo, he won a stage for them, so they got a stage. And he also sat up on the first stage one. He had looked like he had that one. He started to post up and got beat at the line, which, you know, he learned the next, what, two days later. So he ended up getting the stage win. So uh, good for them already coming that in. And then we had Argov, which was in Portugal, won by Kwiatkowski, Team Sky. His teammate, Garrett Thomas, in second. And then our own uh, American TJ Van Garderen in third. Did you see any of that? I, I didn't see a lot of this one either. It was kind of a, a hectic week for me away from, from watching the racing. But I do recall Van Garderen saying he would much rather win a stage than end up just on the podium. So now that he ended up third, not winning a stage, I wonder if he uh, would change that statement. Yeah, I saw the headline for that as well. Uh, did you did you read more about it? Why he would was would say that? Was, I mean, that was he said that before he was actually on the podium. Right, he said that kind of mid race. I think he was saying, you know, he's more interested in just having one one kind of big day just to kind of see where he's at. But uh, it wasn't a, a really elaborate comment, but just one that's interesting considering he ended up with the opposite result of what he wanted. Yeah, and and kind of to to put that into perspective here with with Kwiatkowski. Um, Two stage wins, and the last one we got in a, in a break, and his, his teammate Garrett Thomas was in the lead, and then he ends up smoking it up the final climb, taking the stage win. And I did read today where he said that um, he didn't want to have to look at Thomas afterwards if he wasn't able to pull off, you know, by taking this, the, the jersey, if he wasn't actually able to take the stage win too. He at least like, you know, I got to lay this down. And so, you know, he you look at him and how he rode in the tour last year, did very good in the time trials. Uh, rode to almost complete exhaustion in, in defensive room and former world champion. And you look at his, his race experience against uh, Sagan as an example, which is surprisingly good at those two one-ups from juniors on up, you know, winning, winning stuff and breaks. So you don't expect him to do um, pretty impressive. I wonder if he'll be trying to do stage hunt or grand tour racing this next year. Or so I guess with sky, it's kind of hard to do that. Yeah, they've got a, a pretty stacked deck to tour Poland. Put your name in that, that. that. Did you see that one at all, Kurt? You you had a busy week as well. Uh, I just no. I, I mean, there's three I mean, three stage races all going on at the same time. That's yeah. a lot of racing. So yeah. um, no, I I didn't catch. And, so and you missed uh, the first two, so you've got a lot of info on this third one, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and Ben King got the the climbers jersey, King of the Mountain at the at the Andalusia as well. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, and I didn't, and I didn't we, even know Ben King was still racing. <clears throat> yeah, Dimension Data. Good no, not Ted King, Ben King. Yeah, I said Ben okay, King. Okay, I know. Uh, and then Colin Joyce, Raleigh, was a top 10 finisher on one of those sprint stages uh, Ruta in the Ruta, I believe. So, good for him. Very good, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's a big result. 
Uh, Tour of Oman, we had, uh, I don't know if you saw any of that, and maybe you should just say no, and then we'll just no. move on. We'll just give the results here. But uh, Astana was a little uh, impressive. They had Lutsenko winning overall, his teammate uh, Lopez, is that um, Superman? So, yeah, it is, Superman, yeah. getting second. And then I Izagiri, uh Bahrain Marita, uh, coming in third. And what I've... What I've seen out there, the desert is some of the the cool the the sprinters showing. Um, all of them, all all of them. You look to date, and maybe we'll talk about this a little later. But all, to date, uh, almost all the sprinters have been firing at some point, except for Kittle. Yeah, he seemed to be struggling right now. Whether it's himself or not being able to fine tune his lead out, uh, it's it's not getting results either way. Well, I saw the highlights for the stage two of the Abu Dhabi today and the announcers are like, you know, Kittle's teammates sticking his neck out there and, and pulling and they're, they're yelling, where's Kittle? You know, he's, he's nowhere. He's not even on his teammate. And then his teammate sits up, looks around and is like exasperated. And then Viviani hits the lights and wins it. So, so, so I didn't actually see what happened, but I saw Cavendish crashed. Yes. Uh, how bad was that? concussion and whiplash right yeah okay and they, they, it was in the neutral rollout okay and this is the car that stopped because of the organizers are saying that they have an automatic and now you explain this to me where this is ever a good thing but if someone gets too close to their sensor i guess the car puts on its automatic brakes so you're telling me that you're driving your car someone gets too close and your reaction is going to be to slam on your brakes that doesn't seem like a good idea unless you're trying to collect insurance. But um, well, that's what happened, and, and it slammed on its brakes, and Cavendish went into the back. Yeah, I don't know which car, but yeah, that that is a feature. Mercedes. In... Okay. Okay. They're yeah, not. I mean, they're that... not a sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, d- but think about it. Is there? A, if someone's tailgating you, is the? Would you want your car to do an automatic brake check? Well, um, no, what I'm assuming is the car hit its brakes because it sensed something in front of it. So maybe there was a lead car in front of it. It senses that. I know like Subaru. Gotcha, Eyesight, gotcha. Example, I think there were motos in front of it is what it is. Gotcha. Exactly. There you go. So well, it, it automa- Details are important. So yeah. if you're no. texting, for example, and you're, <laughs> you're in the middle of a text, it can you know potentially save you from an accident. But okay. in a bike race, you'd probably want to turn that feature off. Gotcha. And in, in a neutral, who knows if there's, you know, motos in front or bikes kind of milling around in oh, front. Yeah, just, you know, quickly gotcha. jutting in front. Okay. Yeah, so. Well, the clarity. I, I appreciate that. That makes more sense because I, I think, you know, Mercedes would be a little smarter than that. But anyway, I guess he, he goes plows into the back of the car and he's out in the neutral. And he was uh, like the race ambassador. He had a, a pretty lofty title going into that where he was kind of one of the big marketing pieces. So I'm sure they're ambassador. Not they they used the whole spelling. They did, yeah. He's not an ambador, uh, but I'm sure they were <laughs> bummed to lose him. Yeah, no, oh, Cody, uh, no kidding. And he had won uh, some already some stages, uh, not of that that race, but I mean, uh, early season he won in um, not Oman, but um, one of those races, Dubai, maybe. Yeah, maybe it was Dubai. Anyway, maybe it, this was all an elaborate ploy <laughs> by the sponsor to show off their safety features. In their new cars. I don't know that Mercedes is a sponsor. Anyways, you know horse racing is really big in Oman? <laughs> no, I did not know it that. It is. Have so. you been to Oman? I've not. Have you been to any of the desert countries? I've been to the desert, but I have not been to... Uh, I haven't been to the desert region you refer to. No. Which one have you been to? Uh, like the Nevada oh, God. desert. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Not quite the same, but... Uh, uh, any any big winners from the the early early thing that we have here? 
I had the classics. Uh, I think the classics, everybody comes in fire into the classics because they've all been in these one week stage races. So I think uh, the start of the, the cycling season really is, is about to hit us. Um, I think that all this other stuff is just kind of a warm up. So um, the classics, that's my big winner. Yeah, we got firing up this week. Chris? Uh, I, I would say rally. I think they've had some really good results in these early stage races and have done a good job taking advantage of their, their new Pro Conti status, getting into these races and just hitting the front and getting good results. Or in McNulty's case, not a great result, but still a great showing. Yeah, and then Robin Carpenter, I think a few days later, had almost a similar type situation. Um, so, yeah, of course, exciting for them. Um, me, I would say Sky going 1-2 at Algarve. Uh, Nathan Haas in the Tour of Oman, he won a stage. It was He was pretty fired up about that. The crowd was electric, uh, all 15 of them on the side of the road at the time. Uh, even TJ and uh, Sacha Malodo, Malodo uh, for his, TJ for his, his top three and, and Sacha for his win. Yeah. What would you laughing at? Because you always have a lot of winners. <laughs> like there's, there's winners a lot of races. Listed. I know. Okay, go on. Um, okay, so we'll we'll just cut that out, and I'll just say uh, <laughs> Nathan Haas. I was pretty pretty excited about his one. Uh, any losers? Did you have pick any? You're a positive guy here, Kurt. So oh, I uh, I'll go with Cavendish. <laughs> yeah, not there Mercedes. Yeah, well, Cavendish and the Mercedes. If we uh, we can use multiple, I've noticed. Chris, any anything? You saw I would say today? you know it, you alluded to it earlier. The sprinters have been having a real go, and Kittle's just been absent. Uh, it seems like these early races would have been a great opportunity for him to show what he's got. He's just been invisible, so he's he's definitely on the not so great list. Yeah, can you think of a uh, of a year that you've had so many good sprinters like seemingly coming? I've grown a wagon. Uh, I mean, can we go through the list here? I mean, there's maybe I can't. You could try. Viviani. <laughs> Viviani's been on fire. Caleb Ewing. Ewing been doing Bennett. Great. Um, who hasn't won except for for um because Cavendish has won a couple stages. Cavendish. Uh yeah, but it's just is, Kittle. Are you guys worried about Kittle at all? Because I I'm no. not worried, especially this time of year. Like No, and his team well, I guess his his I don't know if his team has any wins. Let's see. Oh well Nathan Haas, they do. So yeah. I actually have a list here of the World Tour victories ranking. It's interesting to see Team Sunweb, who was like team of the year in my opinion last year they have zero wins the only team with zero wins it's still early uh, it's it's I don't know, a quick step with 10 that was before today and katusha with one win so you know if you don't get that win off your back <clears throat> you know it'd be nice to what? that's a pretty cool little chart is that yeah. did you do that no i did not do that this is oh, okay. um inner ring he did a whole breakdown on world tour victories and uh nice. i just printed it out so i could have a little reference okay. as far as losers go for me i i almost say uh, I want to say uh, Team Sky for I mean they go one two at uh, that's terrible no but I mean the whole the whole thing around them right now I mean they're like they're obviously doing well but this whole Chris Froome thing is I, I think it's just eroding more and more of the confidence and everyone's kind of turning on them as being this I don't know if, I don't know if they have any fan I'm sure they have fans but it just seems like they've got this this weird aura around them right now and. Well, to add to that, Brad Wiggins this week came out and, and to a group of young cyclists said, you know, don't go to Team Sky. They'll, they'll ruin you, um, were his comments. And yeah, I mean, what's what's hanging around that team right now? Not good. I can't imagine it's easy to focus on racing 
with all that stuff. I actually heard uh, it was Cycling News podcast today. I was listening to, and they were they did like a live uh, the interview that they had with him, and it was. I didn't enjoy it because he had minders, tenders, people there telling, oh, you can't ask those questions. You can't ask those questions. And then he's trying to answer something else. And it was, it was just, it seems so, you know, I'm, I'm sure when you, like I said, it goes back to Dumoulin. I couldn't imagine Dumoulin sitting there and evading questions. He would say, oh yeah, I took a dump on the side of the road, you know, how he does. And um, so, you know. I heard bits and pieces of that one as well. And some of his comments are just really contradictory. Which, yes. You know. Oh, I miss the good old times of cycling where you can go up to the pro after the race and he's just getting changed in his car. That's how it should be. But he's like I said, he's got his minders and his his entourage there protecting him from the fans. It's like, well, you can't have it both ways. And, and not only that, some of his comments were kind of on the order of, well, Sky's such a big ego driven team and they've got all these issues and he's the face of team Wiggins. It's like, that's the epitome of ego. Yeah, that, that is very true. Well, well said way to finish that little section out. Um, you, you wanted to say something about Paulus and yeah, you had a little, it, 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 things that just make you, make you think here. Uh, I didn't really have anything for this, but, or, or neither did Kurt, but you had something on Paulus. What was that? Chris? Oh, it was just, uh, I think he was going to Abu Dhabi. Is yeah. that, that going on right now? And passport issues held him up, which is, I guess a, a rough uh, entry into the uh, the world tour status, and I think uh, his team Lotto ended up being a man down for the race as well. So definitely uh, some some early growing lessons there. Yeah, I can't imagine with someone that's done so much traveling over the last few years. It's not like he's a new pro that's just now making his venture into Europe. You know, with the passport well, issues. He was be. just in Dubai a couple of weeks ago, wasn't he? Maybe he lost his passport. Could be. I don't right. know. No, I mean he raced really well there. Um, I think he even had. The one sort of mountainous climbing stage, I believe he was in the top 15, 20, right around there. And then I saw him bringing back a, a break on, on one of the days, and he he looked very impressive. In fact, I think they went on to win the stage that day. They they set up their sprinter. Um, so um, not exactly his entry, but the kid the kid's going to be fine. But yeah, oh, no, yeah he'll just, be fine. I, I'm sure you don't like to see, hey, I've got a new employer, and I'm going to do a big race, and... Oh, paperwork. I, I'm not, I'm, you know, <laughs> HR, HR says I can't go. That's right. just a little devastating. That, that is this, but to me, that's the strange thing is that, you know, a couple of weeks ago he was in Dubai. Um, passport obviously worked. Right. And he's I, probably based in Spain or, or Italy or something like that. So it must be a functioning passport. So there may have been some visa issues or who knows. Stole what. some pillows from one of the uh, Dubai hotels or something like that. Yeah. Flat. Unrelated <laughs> palace. I don't know if you guys saw it today. Tom Bonin signed with Ladu Sadal as a uh, advisory to the yeah. riders. Oh, nice. Kind of a big change after having spent however long uh, with uh, Quick Step. Yeah. I, I was expecting to see some hate posted by our own Dave Kaus on, uh, on online today. Sad tears. Nothing from there, huh? Nothing. <laughs> Toss those jerseys. Take a, take a left turn there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so it, we have we have um, two two big races that, as Kurt mentioned, the classics are coming up. So we have uh, Omloop and KBK. Uh, do you know anything about those races? And if not, I could give you a little breakdown. <laughs> uh, Om, Omloop is kind of the uh, a new version, or, or they're taking a lot of the uh, Tour of Flanders. And I read up on this today. Very interesting. So Tour of Flanders was started in 1913, okay? Uh, had a long running history. And then during the uh, Nazi occupation of Belgium, the uh, they were still running the race. And this was a lot of controversy because they needed to use the military police for to clear the roads, you know, like how would you have our police? 
Uh, so people did not like that. So there's obviously these two factioning newspapers in the in the in the country. So they started a country a con- convert a different race, the Omloop, to kind of compete with it. And then they keep kind of stealing some of the routes, and they wouldn't even re- they they name each other after this the newspapers. And one newspaper wouldn't even refer to the other one by their proper race name because <laughs> you know you're talking about the other newspaper. Right. Now the same newspaper has been bought up, and it's all under the same organizer. Anyway, it's kind of a precursor to the Tour of Flanders. They use a bunch of the same climbs. And uh, Which climbs are those? The Bosberg and the Muir. Um, the Muir van Gardenbergen, <laughs> the Bosberg. <laughs> uh, and they finish up in Muirbeek. But it's really pretty interesting to see the Omloop here. For the last 60K, 60K they hit these se- uh, multiple sectors. Uh, and they, but they do uh, Cockerell. The Wolfenberg, the Mullenberg, the Hagenlegberg, the Berensdree, the Valkenberg, the Tenboss, and the Muir uh, Bosberg combo all in the last 60K. So that's that's pretty intense. So it should be interesting to see who. Now, Sagan's not going to be there for either one of these, uh, the Omloop or the KBK. So he's not going to be able to defend himself. You guys have any, who do you like to see in the classics and who are you looking to see for this race? I haven't seen a start list yet. Uh, I just kind of read a blurb that said uh, a more difficult om loop would favor um, Greg Van Avermaet. So if he's got the team there to help drive the pace and, and make it a challenge, you'd, you'd have to lean in his direction. But I'd have to look at a start list to see who else is, is lining up. Yeah, it's your typical all the same guy. I mean, Greg, he's the um, defending champ, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, Last year it was him. Sagan and Seth Van Mark in the finish so together. Why is uh, Sagan not showing up? Uh, I heard he w- he's been doing these altitude camps, okay. and he has a newborn son or daughter. So he's decided that to fit in has his schedule. This just did not work out with it. Okay, so gotcha. Yeah, gravel so grinder is that what he's doing? I think instead? he's doing the um, the grasshopper series. Okay. Yeah, well, he does have a gravel grinder coming up. He does. And, I wasn't uh, sure when it was though. Yeah, I think I is that when he May. competes with Cancellara? No, or? it's. I think while he's here for the tour, either before that, probably after, uh, he's sticking around in California and he's doing a gravel grinder. Um, he's at a trucky area, right? Correct. Yeah. Oh, interesting. You gonna so, go do that or watch that? I think I might actually go do it. I think team, uh, Mike Bikes is already Team Mike Bikes is, <laughs> is registered. I think that's a targeted A race, from yeah. what I understand. Uh, we don't need to get too deep in the woods here, but you've got Omloop, which is a little more, like I said, Flanders hilly uh, with the last few K being uh, kind of a roll in. And then um, the Kern Brussels Kern the next day, which is usually a, a revenge race for the ones who didn't win the day before. Sagan was a defending champ. He's not there. It's a little flatter. It does have a bunch of climbs as well. It's 200 K. The other one's 196. It's good to see the classes come and a bunch of big hitters are all, all showing up for this. Um, you know, you you have some out in the desert still that aren't going to be here, but you know, Greg Van Avermaet, Sep, Sep, Yes, Jesper Stoyvens, I mean, basically everybody else. Gaviria, he's one that's lined up for it, and that's one mm, I will be, be very interesting to see how he does, especially with the second day where it's a little flatter, because I I think that he might be the the guy of the the future for the next several years at least. What's the length of of that race? Uh, the Ballpark. current KBK is two hundred point one okay. kilometers. Yeah, so it's not. Not out not, of control. Not too bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, it'll be races to watch. Definitely. Races to watch, and it'll be fun because you know that that whole um, 
Belgian beer and classics coming up. So well, it would be interesting to see what the weather's like as well. A lot of these guys, you know, been down under, they've been out in the desert. And so it's kind of like training camps and I'm sure they're all flying for this. And so, yeah. I don't know. Any last words on those? Uh, I would just say the Sagan Fondo Dirt Edition that happens in May is May 5th. Um, How long is that? Based out of Truckee. So. How long is that? How long is the race? Yeah. Or how I think long? there's options. You get a few routes you can pick from. I don't know. I actually don't know. I think, oh, excuse me, 64 miles. And it's moderate terrain, but you need at least, they say, 35C tires. So, Do you have that? I do. Perfect. So, yeah. Okay. I, I probably won't be doing that one because <clears throat> I just have a road bike. Uh, <laughs> 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 go on. Uh, okay. So we had NorCal. We'll go back to our, our actual <clears throat> races. We had three races this weekend. Uh, Cantua Creek, Pine Flats, and the Cherry Pie. I think it was just Pine Flat. Single. Pine flat. I think you are correct. So, uh, which one do you, do you guys know much about either one of those? We talked a little bit about them before and we could give some, maybe a breakdown of who won what there, uh, the pro men won Colin Patterson of the squadra SF team. And this is in what, which one the P one, Kentua. Kentua. Okay. This is a Saturday flat. I think it's a flatter race. I've never done either of them, but I believe that's the flatter of the two. And, and then you get races. something like this, the, the masters 35 and I can't complain cause I didn't go, but, uh, two, two entries. So you're guaranteed a podium with those two. Terrence Trogber won that one. I don't know. Uh, they they must have combined a bunch of fields because the 45s they had. See, they had uh, you know over 30 racers. Craig Newton's won that one, and then the 55s. I imagine they just put them all together because they only had like 10 in there. Quentin Sims. Um, all right. I saw a lot of 35 plus guys. Yeah, were in the P12 race, so they probably saw the pre-reg and were like, yeah, I'll go. Jump in the P one. Yeah, there's twenty four showed up for that race in the P one twos, so not uh not huge amount. And in the women's P one two, one person. Beverly Cheney, congratulations. And not her fault. She showed up. So uh Pine Flat. Well done. Uh we had the uh the P one two was won by Matthew Wickstrom, uh, Subaru Santa Monica. So you must, uh, I saw this in the other one too, a bunch of teams kind of from this, this more Southern yes. area. So These Cal are down area. past Fresno. So it's kind of middle ground. So yeah. This would an be, equal drive for both SoCal and NorCal. It's would have been perfect to have Sean Bagley, you know, be able to comment on some of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know if he went, but he could at least, um, give us some of they are. Yes, exactly. And I'm trying to see if there's even, I don't even see a 35 category listed in there that was. race there was well it's not on the it's not on the results so there's a 35 3 4 but then 45 1 2 3 which was maxims gusev won that let's see the women uh so maybe the results are just pretty lacking because i'm not even seeing seeing all the results here let's go to uh i know i know with travis lee uh thirsty bear he won was he did he win and he got second in the 35s okay yeah from uh what little detail i could get from that it was two-man break Looked like they had gotten away kind of in the flatter stretch. And then it was uh, the two of them through the the big climb of the the course and then together on the finishing climb. So oh, well-earned result. Yeah, no, totally. Any any of those wins at least um, are going to be good. So Cherry Pie in, out in Napa area, you both, Kurt and Chris, you went out there. You took uh, took partook in one of the races. I, th- I thought the the idea was to do two. but That's the plan, yeah. So why don't you tell us what, what race you did, um, either one of you can talk about it. Uh, maybe you can talk about it until you weren't in it anymore. 
and then be a short story. All right, Chris, go ahead and you can start out with that. Yeah, so so Kurt and I we went down and did the the thirty five plus one two three race. Um, I haven't done cherry pie in the past, so I I'm not familiar with the new course and I'm not familiar with the old course. Uh, but we went out and raced the new course at Napa Valley College. Um, really technical. I think there were ten turns, and that included a one hundred and eighty degree turn and a roundabout that you went through with a kind of a, a right hand bend instead of your typical left hand. And that was a one eighty just one turn, or do you clock I count it? that as one. Okay. Yeah. Wow. If you incorporate that as like three turns, then it was a even more technical race. Yeah. But uh kind of in and around the the parking lot in the college. It was a fun course. I mean it was it was a lot of turning, a lot of uh, jumping out of the saddle if you found yourself in bad position, which I did early. Um, but ultimately, it uh, I was only in it for about 25 minutes. Um, I ended up crashing out, and that was the end of my day. Uh, I wasn't really able to get back into the race. My derailleur hanger was bent, and eh, I was done. But uh, before I crashed out, there was uh, some early attacks, and then I think probably around minute 15, um, it looked like... Chris Coble and uh, Aaron Patterson from Pete's had gotten away from the field. And then maybe around minute 20, the Tarun rider jumped across solo and it was a three-man move. And, and my kind of plan was come out of the roundabout and try and jump across. Uh, I ended up just carrying too much speed through the roundabout and lost the front wheel. Um, so your own mistake. Oh, yeah. Totally my fault. Um, I paid the price, but... Them's the brakes, I guess. It's like yeah. the uh, Jan Ulrich in the rain, like a 2003 Tour de France time trial coming around a roundabout. I don't, you don't remember that? It slid for like 20, 30 meters. And <laughs> I, I slid for about, I think, a foot. Oh, so yeah. you just, and are you doing okay? Yeah, I think so. I've got some some road rash. Uh, I think the biggest loss was my skin suit was basically in tatters after the crash. You, you kind of forget how fragile those those kit items are until you hit the deck. Yeah, that's so. that's horrible. But I, I think the bike will be all right. Just new hanger and then good to go. So. And Kurt, you were in that race as well. I see. I don't know if you want me to spoil with given your results or. Before he tells his story, I will say he was incredibly impressive. Um, I saw the pictures. He was <laughs> that was my front. story, Chris. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I ruined it. But no, he was headlines. He, I was kind of sitting in the in the back, you know part of the field and you know it was constantly strung out and i look around the bend it's like damn it kurt will you knock this off i'm i'm trying to like recover and get myself into a better position he was just on the front drilling it so it's a very uh very strong race it's a, a very generous yeah. critique um i, I, I do remember my, my winners and losers i guess <laughs> <laughs> so the the course red kite i think was uh the promoter this year, and I don't know that they've always promoted it. I think it used to be a local uh, cycling club. It was like Eagle Cycling Club in the yeah. past. Yeah, so Red Kite took it over. Um, the old course was in, in a business park and included a little bit of climb. This new course was at, at the junior college, and it, it kind of wound its way through uh, a parking lot, a junior college parking lot. So a lot of orange cones. Would it uh, be different if it wasn't a junior college parking lot, if it was just uh, well, like a Well, with the high school college? campus, you're not allowed. <laughs> so, <laughs> Me, so, yeah, I guess... <laughs> You yeah. were eligible to race this. That's, <laughs> That's okay. Um, good, good point. Yeah. So in any event, just it, it was real technical, um, and it was it was uh, pretty like sandy. You know, it's a junior college parking lot. I got that was the reason I was I was bringing <laughs> Once again, that up. They don't street <laughs> sweep. A lot of stuff to slip on out there. Um, I didn't think it was terrible. I mean, there was definitely some some gravel in the wrong parts of the turn, but 
Yeah. Yeah. That's all. I, every time I went into a corner, it felt like there was something kind of in the line that I was looking at that I would probably had to deviate a little bit from. Not, it wasn't terrible, but, um, there was some stuff there, but it was, it was, it was a lot of fun early in the day. It was, there was a little bit of a crosswind later in the day when we got closer to the P12 race. I think that kind of, uh, died down and I don't think it was a factor, but the, the 35s race was, was great the the guys who the three guys who won were incredible like that was the, especially the first 15 minutes i thought uh i thought were how, how soon into the race did they did they take off like chris said i think they got together uh together somewhere between like 17 to 20 minutes in and how big was the break how many of them were in there three guys three. okay so because i'm looking at the results here and yeah, chris colville wins james enright of squadra sf uh, second and Aaron Patterson of Pete's third, and then you got Grunman and Jeremy Cottle. So they they were back in the field oh, with you guys. In. I'll give Grunman some credit. So Grunman coming into the field sprint, I think, was at the back of like our, you know, fourteen or fifteen guys, and uh, somehow he just wound it up and just <laughs> got through everybody and ended up uh, taking it. So really impressive. Uh, yeah, it looked a, like a, it's a long sprint. He thought it was a preem. I think so. Yeah. yeah Cottle jumped pretty fun. early and he was, he was really fading toward the end of the sprint and he kind of glanced back and saw Grunman coming and it, it really came down to like a, a bike throw for fourth. And is, is the finish on a little uphill or no? It, it, well, there's an uphill that leads into the finishing stretch. So you kind of, you come out of the roundabout, so you have no speed, you go downhill for a little bit. So you pick up a little speed. Then there's a little, I don't know, maybe a hundred meter, 150 right. meter little climb, maybe like four or five, six percent ish. Um, but it hurts enough that it, it's tough. And then it flattens out for another, what, 500, yeah. 400, 500. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a tough, if you're coming through that throughout the race, uh, you know, in the back of the pack, like 15 and back, it's really hard to make up ground going into that finishing stretch. So, um, yeah. And there was a video online of the P1, which we'll talk about the P1 too. Do you remember who did that video? I think there were a couple. Well, the one, the Tehran guy that we. Oh had. yeah, um, Jeff, Jeff Linder, Linder, I believe. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was it was pretty good to see that that course. Yeah, um, and in the thirty fives race, the the finishing stretch was into like a head crosswind. So, I mean, if you were gonna make up ground, it was it was a really tough effort because you wanted to try and if you wanted to make up ground, it was isn't that stretch before you hit the the series of turns because once you're in those turns, it was. You know, it was not easy to make up spaces. Though. Yeah, I saw that. And you came back on yourself on the road. Is that correct? Like there was cones separating? That was the 180, yeah. Okay. And you got 11th. So congratulations. Hey, thanks. That's that's uh, bat and bar points. Did they, did they stretch the podium out for you? <laughs> the wide angle podium? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, well, anyway, good good job. Sorry sorry you went down. Chris, um, I saw that you said Nick Theobald hit you. Well, up, that's not up, really his fault. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying, I, he was the last person to not not uh, to finish. So yeah, it's not, not DNF. <laughs> so he got up, was able to finish. So yeah, I, I checked in with him after the race just to okay? make sure he was all right. And yeah, he he was all right. He was he saw me go down. He was trying to avoid hitting me. It was luckily we were going at a relatively low speed because it was near the exit of the roundabout, and he just uh, was in a position where he couldn't avoid me. And I was really thankful that most everybody else was able to to get around me. Apparently, I curled up in a little ball. Chris, Chris went straight into the fetal position. Um, but again, this is a crash that like nobody's going fast. So Chris balls up like a baby. And we're all like, nobody's going to hit him because we're going like five miles per hour. But his 
tuck is so tight and it, it was it was yeah it was crazy it was, a skin I was terrified I yeah he was incredibly terrified as we all just slowly went around him that well that is terrifying you go down and, and you're just waiting for the impact for someone to t-bone uh, you again in the back. we're going five miles per hour so yeah nobody was going to run into him but uh, i think they were up through the roundabout and into the next set of turns the official before i like Pick my head up to yeah, see if it was all clear. Officials had to yell at Chris and tell him to get, you know, get kinda, off the course. Kind of reminds me of the, uh, the, back the P12 video we were watching, and where they are actually able to point out a rider on the ground. One of the guys in front's like pointing out, like, "Hey, <laughs> your rider down." And you just don't see it in races, being able to you know point down to someone. So that was anyway. That, that was that was Will Brickler with the point. Was it? Yeah, it was. Oh. Yeah, really. Yeah. I thought it was one of the. Um, uh, Check the video. Yeah, because I don't think he finished. And it was one of the guys in the definitely. He did def- finish. He well, not with the pack because it was it was the last he three did. laps. He did finish with oh. the pack. <laughs> he might have been pointing at somebody else that did. I was just the watching the video. I'm I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm now uh, Willie Myers. <laughs> I, I saw the video. We were uh, there for all of it. Okay. Well, we let's saw. talk about that in a second. What about the the 45 plus men? Did you? Um, Ooh. The 45 plus was just. Did you dominate that? We we came in maybe five ten minutes into the race. That was after we uh, ran off to get lunch and get some bandages for my for my abrasions but um when we got there there was i mean the race went had already been blown apart and there was you know a couple riders it looked like maybe off the front a couple riders well off the back two or three chase groups and it was took us a couple laps but it was pretty obvious that there was a thirsty bear rider that was just demolishing the field i mean he was carrying speed through every corner full sprint out of every corner and uh i think he he didn't lap the field but he was minutes possibly ahead of everybody else yeah he was he was in a, a two-man break um when right. we first got there with i think chris Ott with pete's and uh at some point yeah he i don't know if chris had a problem on the back side of the course or, or what happened but um he came out he came around on another lap and he had a 40 50 second gap and yeah it was, I think it was, it was impressive. Gardy jackson yes yes yeah yep yeah he was thirsty he, bear yep and then it looks like drum won the field sprint then Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jackson just looked, I mean, incredibly strong. I like, you know, it was 40 minutes into the 45 minute race and he was still full gas, you know, not pedaling squares or anything. He just looked really smooth and powerful and it was impressive. So you'll have to tell me, uh, cause I, I've seen this in all these races and you're, you're talking about it here where he's riding people off his wheel and, and getting a big, impressive break. Was it because there were just so many turns that you allowed you to get guys off the front or to create gaps? Uh, because I look at the P12 field and much like that, there's just there's a lot of DNPs. I mean, the guys that just are DNS, no DNPs, didn't didn't place. So it looks like people were actually getting pulled from the race. Is that what was happening? Yes. Yeah. Either guys were getting pulled. I think in the 35s race, I think some guys were just bailing out like. Five minutes into the race, you're already gapped off and 100 yards behind the field. You eh, yeah. call it a day. Um, but in, in the 45s, it, when they were in the two-man break, I'm guessing it was just you know one guy jumping out of each corner a little harder each time, and that was enough to create the gap that you know the other guy couldn't close, and that was that. So in the, in the P12, I think it was a lot of the same. It was just – it was strung out from the get-go. And on a course that technical, you're – coming out of the 180 and there's guys already exiting the the roundabouts you're you're kind of done yeah you, you can only sprint so much if you're if you're not a sprinter yeah and then especially early in those races you have a few a few guys who you know pull the shoot and that, that's another gap that you have to cover and and with how technical it was it, yeah i think a lot of guys if, if you weren't towards the front it was really really difficult 
Yeah, and if with as technical as it was and as short a distance there was between each turn, if your cornering wasn't on point, you know, each each corner you're gonna open up another meter gap that you gotta try and close or hope somebody comes around you and closes it on your behalf. And it was it was definitely a course where it was easy to get separation. Yeah. So worthy winners, basically. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and uh, the women's cat. Uh, did you watch any of the other races besides the, the those the the pro men's and the forty five and the and doing the thirty five? We saw a bit of the cat three race when we had arrived at the course. Uh, it was kind of juniors race, I think, was in progress, and then they took a lunch break. So we we got there after some of the early races had already taken place. Gotcha. Uh, we'll read some of these winners here. <laughs> Hannah, I don't know how to pronounce it. Moogie of uh, doesn't say what team it is here, but I know we've we've seen her before. And she's she was win. I think she won in Jackson last year. Some of those other races, she was winning a bunch. Uh, let's do. You said the Cat Three men. We saw. I think. I don't think we saw that entire race, but we saw a good amount of it. It was. Uh, I think a couple guys got off together in the last few laps to to stick a two man break, but I didn't see if they were to hold it to the end. Looks like Olympic club rider Morgan Gerlach won that. And well, let's get to the the big one of the day, uh, the pro one, two, three. So they allowed the threes in there. Uh, like I said, I saw the video. And so it looks like the teams you had represented were um, Olymp- sorry, Oak Valley Community Bank. Um, Davis had a, a rider or two. Tehran had some riders. You, you had... Cliff Bar, they actually had looked like what five, six in there. Yeah. I think yeah, they had they had yeah. a good number. Right, and uh, why don't you give a and then Mike Spikes and then uh, Olympic Club also had I think three or four guys in there. Gotcha. As well, so it looks like they had it was just Chris Coble, but yeah, twenty some <laughs> does fin- the work of four guys. Twenty some guys officially finished, officially finished. Uh, but it looks like regged. I mean, there looks like half the field DNS or DNP, DNP. Yeah, that race blew apart pretty, pretty quickly. Um. I want to say in the first, I don't know, five, ten minutes, there yeah. were already guys coming off. Actually, yeah, in the first five minutes, I know that there was somebody off the back already. So, uh, yeah, it blew apart quick. Well, I was surprised because uh, looking at the video and the results here, you had, well, the the, the winner, Josh Carlene, uh, with, I don't even think any of his teammates made the the final selection. That, that We could confirm that. That's yeah. true. Okay. Which is somewhat surprising. That that they weren't. I mean, just that hard of a day. Were they making it active to begin with? I think it was just a really tough day. Uh, like I said, from the start and just given the nature of the course, I mean, it was it was single file, and you've got a field of fifty guys. And if you're on the wrong side of somebody creating gaps, it's just you know your day's not over, but it's it's probably close to being over because you've got to spend so much energy to try and make up that ground. And you've got some really strong teams that are really well positioned, just driving the pace on the front and attack after attack after attack is just going to create so many gaps where if you're in the back third of that field, you're, you're in a really bad spot. So why don't you give us a breakdown of what you saw and then maybe even the video portion, um, of, of that, that last bit of that race. I think it was attack and attack and attack. Yeah. We saw attacks that co- they couldn't really get more than like three or four seconds. So you would, you through the start finish, you would see like two, three, four guys get off and it's like, like a, a couple second gap. I don't think any of them held it for more than a lap. Right. Maybe, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, Chris Reichert was in almost everything. Uh, he, he was Mike up Spikes. there. Yeah. Uh, Robert Skinner, was he the, the other guy with the, the leggings? Yeah. He, uh, 
he was in every move it seemed and he was also initiating a couple moves i think i saw him either solo or one other rider off the front a couple times he is unattached there you go but who does he ride for he i don't know he rides Um, for himself he he finished eighth so someone can pick him up (laughs) and then you had uh the cliff bar team coming into the last two laps just stringing it out and this is the one that I guess to me gets a little confusing watching that because they they do a great lead out and then um, when Riker jumps and Josh goes with him, there's nobody. I mean, the, the guy that was filming it was right on their wheel, and it, then there's no one for their team to sprint. So I don't I don't know if there was a mix up. One of their guys went down. I know Owen's on their team. I didn't see him. They had lost a few guys earlier in the race. Um, Kurt and I found a really good spot right by the entry to, to turn number one. And you can kind of see all the way down the start finish. So we, we had a good view for most of the race. Um, and they had lost a few guys throughout the first 30 minutes of the race. So I don't know if they were you know working for one of those guys, hoping he'd be around for the sprint or not. I'm not sure. But yeah, the video. Just, well, because it looked like such great communication of they're lined up four, yeah, deep, no, they were four or five deep. And then, you know. 200 to go they're still on the front and then the jump happens and they're not they're all looking around and bewildered maybe they were working for chris we don't know chris Riker. Riker, yeah could be you know chris uh, and um so the results here we had uh, josh carling ends up pulling out the win john franz of davis bike club who's he's had some pretty good results i, I tend to think we're going to see a little bit more from him this next year uh andrew gosling of team mike's bikes in third uh, Mike Morton, Cycle Sport in fourth, and then Chris Reichert in fifth. And you want to tell us about what you saw with your video and, I guess... And I think Morton's actually on A-Main. He just probably hasn't updated oh, his... Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah, he, there was A-Main in, in fourth place, yeah. yeah. but um, So, yeah, Reichert was... Technically, Reichert was third in the sprint, um, but he wore a vest that covered his number, so the officials decided to relegate him to fifth, um, which is an interesting placing but yeah I, that's the one thing we we kind of saw in the video the other thing is with the, the cliff bar team did do a great lead out they yeah. were you know from the beginning of lap one or the last lap they were on the front took it all the way through it looked like the way Riker jumped up the left there he may have pinned cliff bar a little bit along the cones i, I noticed the the rider who was actually filming the video jeff linder had to go around the cones at one point to get get out so he may have he may have pinned their sprinter a little bit so that he couldn't get out because I'm sure Josh was coming behind him and Andrew Gosling was coming uh, there. So it's possible he just didn't have a way to get out. Um, well, here, here's my take on that uh, controversial take is so Reichert ends up jumping and Josh goes with him and they basically go one three. Right. I mean, just as the sprint played out, not with the relegation. Right. So there's no way Cliff Bar should have had four guys left still in line at that point they should have been down to two one guy jumping because that's your full 200 250 meter sprint so if you're getting boxed in because you still have a four-man train then it's not it's not really doing what it's supposed to do that's just my thought Uh, i like their product i I eat cliff bars i like their okay i I was just confused and and maybe there was some insight but i'm only watching a video i mean right and you know, and then how these things go too. You're like, hey, you know, I, I it's cool to see the team go out there and do what they're supposed to do, and they don't pull it off. And that's that's the practice. That's what you're there for, right? So. They they did something, right? Yeah, they no, they that. had a they had a lead out. You know, it didn't go quite as you know to to plan at the end, but it's also February, and yeah. well, you do was, those things building to hope that your fire income, 
you know, March, April, May. I'm not bad mouthing. I was just, uh, I feel bad for some of the guys that are, you know, laying it out there for the last two laps to, for another team in a sense. So Chris, do you have anything on that? No, it's just, um, yeah, like, like Kurt said, they, they were lined up and they, obviously they kept the pace relatively high if they were to stick it all the way to the end there until about 200 meters to go, whether they got pinned or just didn't have the right guy, uh, ready to jump. It's hard to say, but you know, they, they did seem to do a good job organizing the finish. They just didn't, uh, seal the deal. I did see, uh, Josh Wood. That was the, that was the guy that won the, uh, the river ride, right? He's like a cat five now. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, well, he won't be for long probably because he won another race, uh, masters 35, four, five. So cool for him. Uh, what do you take away from the, the winners from this one? Uh, Josh Carling to to pull off that victory with no, with essentially no teammates left against uh, a couple of teams that had guys present, um, especially in that final sprint. That was it was really impressive to watch. Uh, he he fought for that sprint at the end, and and uh, that was cool. That was impressive. Yeah, totally. Uh, Chris, I'm gonna go with um, you know, Gardy Jackson in the 45s. Just incredible performance there on his part and then in the uh the p12 kurt and i were watching uh robert skinner we didn't know his name for for a bulk of the race until the results came out and we just kind of casually referred to him as hands on hoods he he spent the entire race on his hoods through the 180 through every corner i mean he compared to the other guys he's sitting up incredibly high just eating a ton of wind for the entire race and to initiate moves cover moves be in all the moves and still be there at the end i mean that's that's a powerful effort. He he was noticeably very strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and in a field like that, uh, when, when somebody stands out as always being in every move, like it's, it's just easy to see. He and Reichert were probably the, to me, it looked like the most active racers uh, throughout that whole race. Yeah. And maybe he's got a back problem. That's why he's up high in his hoods. It could be either way. I mean, he's riding strong. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, I would pick, uh, well, Josh, obviously you can't go wrong with that one, but, um, John Franz, I'm going to pick him for Davis cause I didn't see that he had any team teammates out there and good for him for being in the right position. Obviously he's got some punch being in the right position to go and not be afraid of those guys. And he did that at uh, Folsom too. So, um, good for him. All right. Biggest losers, Kurt. Uh, I said, well, I noticed during the P one, two race, there was, there was a couple of guys who, well, one in particular, um, who just attacked right off uh, at the gun, only to get dropped within like the, <laughs> the next lap. Yeah, and I just thought that was that was kind of crazy, but um, I don't know. Uh, he is an extreme optimist, um, so that person's my biggest loser. <laughs> maybe he was just warming up. I don't know. Uh, all maybe, right, maybe yeah. maybe he had a mechanical. Uh, yeah, maybe riding, maybe so, Chris. Uh, I'm going to be selfish and, and go with myself and my San Remo skin suit and mine the right side of my <laughs> skin. Uh, no fun crashing, that's for sure. So yeah, no, I guess mine would be you as well. Uh, I was going to say the Cliff Bar. Lead Can I out. add one more? Yeah, of course. The the Pete's guy who yelled at me going into oh, the well, roundabout. Who's yelling at Kurt? Uh, I, I it was a Pete's guy. I don't know because I wasn't apparently going fast enough. Meanwhile, there were four crashes in our race in that roundabout. Uh, I don't know. I think that was a little crazy. Had he been in any of those crashes? 
If not, maybe he's trying to reduce the field size to his benefit. I have a feeling he may have been involved in one of the crashes. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> did he? Did he? Did you know why he yelled at you? You said because you're going too slow. But was that the? Did he say, "Hey, you're going too he slow"? He said, "Pedal through the roundabout." Well, <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> Next time, dude, just hop hop it a few times and it'll stay. Hey, stop pedaling through the roundabout. Yeah, whatever. I don't Anyways, know. Yeah, add, that's, add that guy to my loser. My my list. biggest losers are always people who who get a little mouthy in the races. You know, all the stupid things that we say but i'm not gonna go there sure. um i was gonna say the the cliff bar team for their their lead out but only because i feel for the guys that were doing all the work and, and doing a great job on the front and then nothing happens for them i don't know miscommunication whatever but i feel for the guys on the front and whoever was supposed to be that responsible guy you know to be that print the sprinter you know Tyler, that's not what you had written down. Yeah, I, I Oh, I also said uh no Are you you trying not to No Oak Valley Community Bank assisting in the last several laps. That no, would have been that's also not what you had that written one. down. You you're on the wrong segment there. I feel like Go up a little. <laughs> I feel like you're You're skirting around something. Um oh Reichert in his vest. That's the biggest loser. Yeah, is that the one you wanted? I, yeah, I was reading that's the wrong the one. Part. I, wanted. I think he got instructed at the start and during the race to take it off and was it I, just, I mean it was chilly, so yeah. maybe that's that was the reason. I don't know. You, you know, at the classics, when uh, I think it was Cancellara who used to always wear the warmers, and like yeah. that was a sign that he wasn't re- yeah. <laughs> really that serious. Yeah. I felt like I felt like Riker was like just smashing people's faces in, but didn't want to make it look like he was too serious about it. Like, like you know, maybe he was getting cold while he was <laughs> off the front. So actually, what it actually looked pretty cool. What I'm a little more confused about though is um, why relegate him to fifth? You know, you look I, at the video. I didn't understand no, that Significant either. gap. Right. I would but, say maybe it looked like there was a gap between 8th and ninth. Put him back there. I don't know. Now, yeah, now, now you're just being mean, Chris. Okay, sorry. It's yeah. still ahead of the Cliff Bar team. Yeah, I agree. That was a, that was a strange choice. Uh, it, well, who, how, how far into the uh, results do they issue the little bite-sized pies? Is it well, top four? So why don't you talk about that? Things that make you go, hmm, about the uh, the race. Uh, I'll, I'll give that Kurt. one to Kurt. Yeah, so uh, in, in the past, Eagle Cycling Club and Napa had, uh, was the promoter for the race. This year, Red Kite came in, and one of the no- things I noticed was, one, the change in venue, but two, uh, to reduce operational expenses, it appears as though <laughs> the cherry pies that the winners got were personal size this year, whereas in the past... They they were like a full size cherry pie. Yeah, and I remember when Andrew won one, we had it was a big pie. Yeah, so um, yeah, that was that was kind of weird to me. But I think they were like those little I'm, I'm uh, definitely nip picking. Little, they were probably ones. really good. It's just you you can't share were they that shepherd's pies. Or, <laughs> or they like the, the OVCB team, uh, Josh wouldn't have been able to share that with his team. No, well, now you might say, <laughs> would he? I'm going to stop you. Yeah. Okay. I will. I won't go there. Okay. I don't know if there's if they were deserving of the pie. That's that's what you really say, Kurt, uh, Chris. Did you have anything on that one? No, I would just uh, I would agree that it was it was kind of a bummer to not win the pies or for me to not win a pie, but it wasn't a very sizable one. All right. Well, I won't go into what I was I was going to say. You know, I did see um, which we didn't get into much here, but I saw a video of Matt Michaels, uh, Valley of the Sun crit and. Um, we we should probably look into see how all those things. I know that uh, I think it was Claudio ended up winning the time trial out there. Is that correct? That is correct. In the thirty fives. In the thirty fives. Yeah. yeah. Matt, Matt was in the um, P one. In the P one. Yeah. We should talk to Claudio about that because that was an interesting race. What happened after that? Um, but I don't I don't think we have enough detail to go into. Yeah, it we can. We today. can 
pepper them with questions to see how sure. they let guys get 20 minutes on them in the road race. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, yeah, really? yeah. A train. I'm sure there's a train came by. Must have been. No? Yeah, but I, I think the the crit uh, looked like on Matt's video saying the the average speed for the entire crit was over 30 yeah, miles an hour, yeah. which is that, that's a speedy speedy crit. And there was uh one it was like a few corners to the finish. The guys are coming around to his outside. I don't know if you saw this. Where one guy's they're moving into another guy, and it looks like spokes into yeah. the guy's skewer, but they both stay upright. Did they both stay upright? I didn't see them for the rest of the video, and I heard a loud. <laughs> Clang. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I they didn't come back into frame. Right. <laughs> they, they didn't take Matt down, so we're glad about that. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, upcoming races. So we, we talked about some of these last time, but um, big one coming up this weekend is the Snelling Road Race. Their reg looks huge. And yeah. And what do you think about, um, what do you have on that, Chris? Uh, when I looked this morning, pre-reg was, was floating around 600 people, which is... Uh, a good turnout and it looked like big numbers in the uh 35-123 race the p12 race is starting to fill out and the 45-123 race is pretty stacked as well so i think um i don't think anybody from the data-driven athlete team is going down for the 35s but it looked like pizza's got big numbers it looks like mike's got a big team coming out and uh thirsty bear will be doing the same but they're gonna have to battle with the olympic club team member Coble. is, is red full for that do you know you no, said 60, uh, so. it was about 60 and I think they cap it at a hundred. So you still got time to, to make it a day. It's it's so tough for me on a, on a, this weekend, which is, it'd be really tough, but, um, who knows, maybe, maybe my wife will have say, Hey, I have plans and I'll end up heading down. But, um, th- then the weather it's cold. I mean, I'm all these excuses. Yeah. Perfect day for the Castelli, uh, winter wear, like the GABA or the Perfetto. True. And you know, just to <laughs> come back onto our, our, comments about the Castelli kit last time those were following along on the episodes they did offer and they are replacing some of those jerseys that we had complaints about right is that yes what yes i think that's the case or they're fitting them or changing them so yeah. um reactions they, they do well uh central coast road race i don't know the madera st- uh, stage race is coming up you said there's a new tt who, who mentioned that I think Kurt follows TTs pretty closely. Uh, is that a Mercs or no? It's it's a regular TT. I think they just changed the the course location. Um, the map that I've seen shows it as kind of an out and back along a, a frontage road next to Highway 99, uh, flat. Okay, because so, it used to be a square. Yeah, it used to be uh, through almond orchards or something. So yeah. this this is a new course, 14 miles instead of the usual 10. So is that the one you different. got stung at? I got stung by a bee and had to uh, make a U turn and EpiPen myself. So, and I ended up in the ER shortly thereafter. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Kurt, have you ever EpiPen yourself? I have never EpiPen myself, but I have been stung in the almond orchards during a road race. I think it was the Turlock uh, road race. So I think that's pretty common uh, right about now. So, right. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So anyway, go out there, people. Uh, support your local races. Um, I'm looking at some ones. Where, then we've got Land Park coming up, Bariani, Chico Stage Race. I'm just throwing out some ones I really am interested in. Santa Cruz Classic. I'm going to make a big effort for that one this year. And Does that mean you're going? or No, I'm going to make a big effort for it. <laughs> in other words, I'm going to talk about it. Okay. Maybe do some well research. Done. Okay, Kurt. What are you mad at this week? Oh, uh I I sort of already said what I was mad at the the smaller cherry pies. I thought that was, <laughs> you know, I tried tried not to get mad about it earlier. I said I understood, but it does seem strange to me that the pies got smaller. They were and tiny, the, and the registration fee got bigger. So your yeah, your piece of the pie literally went down. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that was 
typically it's who's who's mad at what, but today it's just what am I mad at? And it's the cherry pie. And not because I thought I could win a cherry pie, but I was hoping I could get a slice. And you can't very well ask somebody for a slice <laughs> when all they have is a, a yeah, cherry a, pie. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. It was more like a Danish or something like that. Or? Yeah, it was just a tiny little box. It looked like somebody got a ring or something. You know, it was that's disappointing. Yeah, Chris, are you are you okay? Are you you mad at anything? I'm still just mad at myself for crashing. Yeah, <laughs> hold on to that one for a while. How'd you feel out there? Were you feeling like there's some results were coming your way? Uh, I would say I was very much in the hurt locker for 15 minutes until the break got away and then the pace eased off enough where I could recover to the point where it's like, okay, I feel good. I can I can make an effort now, but. I allowed myself to to fall kind of into the back quarter of the field and having to jump really hard out of every turn, full sprint out of the 180 was was not a really good feeling for the first part of the race. So once that kind of mellowed out and I was able to kind of regain my wits, it was uh, I was feeling a lot better. But yeah, well, I hope you heal up and uh, sounds like a race. I'll, I'll have to check that one out next time. It would be good for you. Uh, we're not going to go down into any more dopers. I don't know if anybody else was hit positive this week I don't they're, know yeah you... they're still building the sky wing of the <laughs> dopers hall of shame so we'll <laughs> we'll wait uh yeah very true uh news and noteworthy issues for this week uh kurt did you have anything you know i was just checking out the april issue of Velo news and i noticed they had the top 50 most valuable riders listed um and obviously this is just their opinion but i noticed um they did a top 25 for men and a top 25 for women and while um nielsen palace wasn't yet in the top 25 for men all right um, i'm sure in coming years, we might see him there. But for the top 25 for women, there were um, several uh, Californian women, a couple of NorCal, or at least people with, with a California connection. Um, Ruth Winder, who was number 22, uh, obviously from the Bay Area. I don't think she lives in California anymore, but I think we all saw her kind of racing as a junior coming up. So it was cool to see her there. And, and she's, I think she's had a great beginning of the year already. She had a great year last year, but then she went down into the Cadell Evans uh, road race and i think she got second so pretty impressive um megan garnier uh number 12 on that list also a tour california winner i think she lived in the bay for a while maybe raced for tipco um it's cool and then uh corin rivera so uh socal junior watched her race uh, a lot of norcal races uh kind of growing up uh, she was number six on the list um after a really strong year for for some sunweb last year so cool to see some Californian, some people we see at our, our, our racing scene uh, on that list. Yeah, for sure. And maybe we'll see, you know, next few years, Nielsen, maybe Cole Davis. Yeah. Maybe uh, Chris Flower. Unlikely. Okay. Uh, Do you have any, any uh, news and noteworthy issues that uh, came, came about for you, Chris? I had a bunch, but I, I hit my head in that race and forgot them all. <laughs> A little foggy, so, yeah, uh, no big deal. I, I have a few. Well, we've actually touched on all of them already. So, but uh, we'll just recap the the braking. Uh, that's always the the auto braking system at the Abu Dhabi giving Cavendish uh, a concussion. That's obviously a, a promoter's nightmare, I would imagine. So, uh, to interject here briefly, <laughs> I, I read a little bit on it, and I'd have to go back to confirm this, but allegedly he was near the back of the field when this happened, and the guys immediately behind the car didn't have any issue stopping it may have just been uh, a lack of attention on his part so it's not like I don't, I don't think he hit the back of the car oh okay well that's oh that's that's even more interesting so the the whole news thing you know the owners saying other promoters are saying oh it's our braking system we're going to shut this off but you're saying it was more like a chain reaction right yeah all right because you, you think if you're yeah 
you would hear about people hitting the back of the car, and I, I don't I don't recall that being the case. All right, well, I'd have to dig in. More. Either way, in the neutral zone, having a you know, who pays that much attention in the neutral zone anyway? Uh, rider going down, your star rider uh, coming out there. That's that's a little odd. The I, once again, I, I, this big sprinters this year, almost all of them, but Kittle having won. Uh, I'm excited for to see if they can all come to a fruition at the tour with a bunch of these different teams and you're seeing some different lead out situations too. So I, I'm, I'm kind of interested in that. Um, and then the TT Merck's <laughs> debate seems to have migrated online to the cascade classic. I'm a little disappointed about that, but, um, what do people think? As, as a frequent guest on this podcast, actually sort of, uh, yeah, we'll have to take, it, take the, him out and have a conversation <laughs> yeah. with him about that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's the news the, the, of the week uh, that was. Um, do you guys have anything else to offer? Uh, excitement for you, you, anybody racing this weekend? Either one of you? I'm not. Uh, I like Snelling, but I'm going to let my body heal for another week. If you offered to go to Snelling, I might go, but I probably am not, no. Is there a chance? Uh, you said the P12 is in the afternoon? Yes. What about that? If you offered to go, I would. Okay, well, go. we'll really part back and and maybe let you know what. Okay. Anything else though? You got? No, that's it. I think that's the the news in the world of cycling, and I feel like I'm caught up. Thank you. I, I feel like I am too. Thanks for going out to to uh, Cherry Pie and getting this all. There's a little bit of footage out there. Yeah. Just a a thing. So, uh, go to our Facebook page and like it, uh, follow it. We'll we post some things on there. We also have a YouTube channel, Between Two Wheels. It's uh, go there, subscribe. And we'll get some stuff up. Um, like the show, send it out, share it if you want. Um, we're enjoying this, and I hope you are too. Chris, do you have anything else before we head out? I've got nothing. Well, thank you for showing up. Sure, and bringing some coffee. Kurt, thank you as well, and for bringing coffee as well. Thank you. All right, take care. Bye.